everyone, this is episode 28 of Noodle Time. Welcome back. Here with me is my old OSG, Eric. Eric, say hello. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Old soccer guy, optimist soccer guy. What's up, Andreas? How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, it's pretty good. Uh, feeling pretty good for preseason, even though we can't know much of anything going on in Mexico, which is pretty disappointing, but... That won't stop us from talking about like the big offseason that I'm all had for this past few months. And there's a lot to talk about. And if you tuned into uh, Dinamico just recently, that episode reached pretty much like almost two hours. And it was like an hour and a half. And we had to, I had to trim it down a little bit and it ended up being like uh, 120. And yeah, we had a lot to talk, to talk about, uh, especially... If you know what happened in the offseason, there's been like a lot going on and especially like uh, some of the worries heading into heading into preseason and the season thereafter. And there's just a lot to talk about. I don't know if you I noticed already since we can also we're going to also go through like some fan questions as well. Essentially, some of the worries that I noticed like on social media, as well as my own thoughts heading into the preseason. Yeah, man, a lot, a lot to go over with, a lot to go, a lot of outs, quite a few ins. There's a lot of change within the team. There's a lot of questions out there, like you said, on social media, which with the fans. I mean, even with uh, Ben Olsen, there's a lot of questions because, like he just stated, it was almost a week ago now. He's got a blank canvas. He's got a lot to work with, and uh, he's got a lot to do, which sounds like he's excited after being laid off for two years and not coaching and Hey, he's coming into a blank canvas, and he gets to draw how he wants to now. And uh, I know he's having fun out there, and it looks like the boys are having fun just from the little bit of tidbits that we've been getting. But excited! Oh yeah, and and for sure. And one of the tricky parts about this preseason, or just getting into preseason, is how the dynamic are gonna be structured, since it'll make things easier to talk about when it comes to expectations heading to the new season. But since we don't have like much information outside of like rumors from other sources that talk about like the the, the two preseason scrimmages that have been happening with Dynamo, um, by the time of this recording, uh, it's it's just a, a little bit tricky overall. But we can just like assume how, or we can just like try to guess what the lineup's gonna look like uh, by the first game of the season in a couple weeks, and and yeah, also like. I guess you can just like follow the the the, the short clips of the Dynamar posting and just like try to figure out what the lineup is, which is a little bit inefficient. But I guess it it does a trick depending on how you want to look at it. Since hey, you see more of this player, uh, I'm assuming he's gonna be the starter um, on the first day. We don't know, and yeah, it, overall it's just like a little bit tricky. But we're definitely more comfortable with talking about like the players that we already know about and the players we know for sure are gonna start. We just don't know how it's going to play out by the time the season starts. I don't know if it's the same with you. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, I, I, I think what Ben's doing right now, he's just going with what, what the team had at the end of the year. He's just putting in those players, and he's, he's, he's just filling in with the, the new ones that have been coming into the roster. And, uh, you know, he's just trying to figure it out because, I mean, what, we've only been, what, two weeks just over two weeks, the team's been together. So, like we said, blank canvas. He's got a lot to figure out. So, we put the guys out there that have been together, the core pieces, and then he's just filling in the roles and, and seeing how it works. And then as the preseason grows, he'll start to 
you'll see tweaks here and there and we'll see how how he really likes it and what's he gonna do you know there's there's been rumors of left wing and right wing and who's gonna be there but i'm sure we'll get into it in this episode as well and you know it's i'm really curious as to what ben olsen and the coaching staff are are, are out there uh cooking to go with the oh, yeah. metaphor yeah and without further ado we can just go ahead and get into the episode it's gonna be a big one so um just sit back and relax for a bit because we're gonna go through pretty much everything that happened in the past few months and there's a lot in particular like the players heading out which is a long list of 14 players that we can definitely go a little bit in depth because for the most part there's there's been like a lot of reasoning behind like the players that are leaving and we can also talk about like the couple players that might be missed and either will be missed or might be just like slightly missed and some of the, the the players that you can just like you know for a fact that they um they had to leave for a reason and one of the players of course um the one at least the one that hurts me the most just being like memo uh when you can just like understand the reasoning memo and uh, also uh sam junko which is definitely a position that that we definitely need right now depending on how things turn out before the season starts but we can talk about a little bit about that later but for now we can just like start in chronological order and especially like when whenever like the offseason starts uh we obviously get the uh get the list of options decline uh, as one of the very first things in the offseason and from there i feel like it's a pretty good uh, point to start things off uh, because the first one is is Mateo Bahamic, obviously a player that in the eyes of Matt Jordan saw a lot of promise, but apparently he wasn't really up, up at that level when it comes to expectations in, in Major League Soccer. And it's it's a little bit disappointing that he didn't turn out to be the way I thought he, he will turn out to be. But I, I guess in this position, when, when you're Mateo, it is what it is. And... It's just unfortunate that he was given like a lot of opportunities, especially uh, with um, the academy teams. But apparently, he wasn't that good, and the, he he was his time to go because he just seems like a waste of space. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Especially when he got loaned out and he didn't really perform well over on his loan, and he just uh, like you said, he just didn't fit in our roster. And now he's down in Argentina with uh, oh, shit, Argentina somebody. So hopefully he works out down there for him, but he just didn't fit in with us, man. And it was time to move on from Bahamic. That was a an old regime. I don't like to say that person's name, but yeah, he, I guess he had to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, and essentially a good a good thing that you um, brought up actually is the theme of this offseason was the remaining players that were under Matt Jordan's watch. Essentially, their contracts either ran out or their remaining option was declined. So that's one of the things that you, if you're like a big Dynamo fan, you already notice like heading to the off season that with Pat Onstad coming in like roughly two years ago, it, it was bound to happen. They're going to write out the contracts for like their many players that they necessarily didn't want. But the players that had to stay, they tried to figure out like a plan for them to see if they can, if they can pretty much just like build something out of, out of that which was pretty difficult considering that uh, the players that Matt Jordan brought in seemed like a mixed match um, like or like a mixed bag of results like every week. And it was disappointing 
especially if you've been like a Dynamo fan for like the past ten years, it it was a mess. But yeah, um, I, yeah and the yeah. other player, yeah. If you want to say something, you can go ahead. Yeah, and that's just credit to Pat for even just giving these guys that he comes over, he takes over a, a roster, and he, he gave them the opportunity, and he looked at them for at least one year. So they they were looked at, and in past Pat Onstad's eyes, he just. You know, and bringing in Ben Olsen, they said these guys, they just don't fit in the direction that we're trying to go. And you can see a huge difference from the way the roster looked like to the way the roster looks now. And and so Pat Onstad's, Pat Onstad's plan is, is starting to come together. And so it's up to Ben Olsen now to to swirl it up correctly. But, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, and pretty much that. And I guess the other player that also had his option to climb uh, was Ian Hoffman. He, like, just watching him as a fullback because he originally came in as a, as a defensive midfielder, but when Paul Nagamore was here, he was playing mostly just like a fullback, and we didn't see, like, him, like, well, not Paul Nagamore, but rather, like, uh, Tab. He came in on the Tab initially, and, and he, like, he was, like, a defensive-minded player in the midfield, and, like, when his first couple of games that he played on the Tab, he was mostly just slotted in as a fullback. And I, I like him watching him as a fullback. And it, it wasn't clearly like a plan on the Nagamura and that I really presenced. And he was just let go shortly after this offseason. And I'm not too sure how to feel about this one, uh, considering that uh, Ian Hoffman seemed like a interesting talent for a national team, at least. And I guess he just didn't work out. And I hope everything goes well for him because he... He's still pretty young. Yeah, and, and I, to, to make you feel a little better, like did he work out with Bundy as well? Because he was playing for Dose, and he wasn't playing for Dose very much either. So, I mean, that tells you something right there. that like he wasn't – he just either wasn't performing up to par or he just didn't fit into the plans of the direction they were trying to go. He's a, he's a type of player. And I guess it didn't work out for him. Yeah, and – also, after Ian, uh, the one that also one of the, the people that were let go that hurt me the most. <laughs> it's um, it, it's there's been like a lot of feelings. Well, not as many as we we should have, but there's been a couple feelings, especially when it comes to Marcelo Palomino um, having his option decline. And you can somewhat understand why he was let go, especially since like he wasn't given as many opportunities with the first team as he should have. Uh, considering his performance with Dynamo 2 last year. And it might just turn out to be like something of the the staff not believing that he's ready for MLS, which I don't know if that's the case. But when it comes to Dynamo 2 and the teams that he plays with, especially when he he's loaned out to uh, the USL Championship with Charlotte and, and obviously Dynamo 2, he just outperforms. And he he, he, he plays out for you. and because he wasn't like really offered that many opportunities with the first team, also considering that he's been involved with the organization for like a few years now, past the academy, then it, you can definitely understand why he chose to leave. So that way he can just like pursue like first team opportunities elsewhere. And I wish luck to him honestly because like he he's a baller. Like he'll play your heart out, and you can just see every time you see him play, like he he's he he's just out there just just having fun and uh, I'll miss him for sure. 
Yeah, this one confused me too as, as far as Palomino. He's an everyday starter for Donna Dose. He actually re-signed his contract the year before to stay with us. Uh, you know, and then when he did get his opportunity on uh, – well, I could say his opportunity, meaning he was put on the bench for the Dynamo, you know, four or five times last year, and he still wasn't even used. That's what, that's the part that confused me. They thought he was good enough to put on the bench, but then opportunities just arise, and they didn't put him out on the field. And so I didn't even give him a chance. So if I was him, I'd be like, I don't want to resign. I don't want to look at another option coming back to y'all. I'm out, and it looks like he's having fun in Sweden. Sport his friggin' first game. So, uh, Alaminu, the fans love you. We're watching you, and uh, we're rooting for you over there, buddy. No, yeah. And he knows it for sure. He's getting a lot of support, which is awesome to see. And, yeah, like I said, good luck to him. Um, and I just hope, like, everything uh, turns out okay, and he moves it to, like, a like a bigger team with bigger opportunities. And, and yeah. And also... After Marcelo, like Tanguino, another one of those signings that just looks like a Mateo Bahamid signing that at one point he saw like a lot of upswing, but apparently he wasn't at that level either and he was let go. So not much to say here really. Like we only saw him a couple of times, especially in the Open Cup and also Dynamo 2, and apparently he wasn't that good. So yeah, take that as you will. I agree. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> good, good talk. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. And the, the next one, <laughs> and the next player, like from here, uh, we're gonna get to the players that had like a lot of experience, uh, either with this team or before coming in, and essentially we're just like go, one of them another being Sarek Valentin, another fan favorite, fan favorite for sure. And um, you you can definitely see why he was a go, uh, even though like a lot of fans love him. Like he, I feel like he's past his age, especially when it comes to like the level of major league soccer and just being a consistent starter. And which like Sarek on a good day, like coming as as a rotation player can start can start for sure. But like he he shouldn't be starting like a lot of games. Or if he's okay with coming off the bench, that's really up to him. And I can definitely understand why he wants to be a starter. But like he's he's not that level anymore, and which sucks to see. But you can see he's like he was one of the very few passionate players on the field, and the one one of the very few that cared for sure. Considering also that he he was on a very uh, on a significantly bad team that, that was just looking to rebuild uh, after the past regime, and and yeah, I'll miss him for sure. Like he's a, definitely a, a a great person. With a big heart, but he, he has his time to go. Yeah, and when I say fan favorite, it wasn't because of his own the field play for the most part. It was more because of his off the field uh, actions with the community and his involvement and just everything. He, he was just a, a likable person, and everybody enjoyed Valentin. And you know, and and like you said, it's just uh, he doesn't fit in the new regime. That's what the Dynamo were trying to do. He is a little older. And he just we just don't have room for him. And uh, we're we're trying to make a younger team and and build this team back up. And you know, hopefully Minnesota will give him some opportunities to get out there and, and get on the ball. But uh, you know, I doubt he'll be starting over there either. But yeah, we'll miss him. Like if he goes No, if he's okay with coming as a rotation player, I feel like he can succeed at this point. But but yeah, I I wish him the best. And from there, like one of the quote-unquote five favorites, Darwin set in. 
Um, you could say the second coming of Kevin Garcia because he has been in this club for too long. And obviously with the amount of midfielders that came in this, this season and I guess like the past few coaches trying to figure out a role for him outside of the locker room was interesting because I feel like he stayed here for too long. But essentially one of the things that Herman talked about in, in Dinamico was that uh, Sedan was mostly kept through every coach mostly just like a figure in the locker room which I believe at this point because like people especially past players respect him a lot and I'm guessing he was like a like a leader type of person that influenced some other players in the locker room uh, which I guess is a positive considering that the players had to endure a lot already the past few years especially within there I guess I guess I can just be thankful with that one Saran for just being that person in the locker room, trying to like motivate the players and just be that role model, you know, but, and I can just say that off the field because on the field, like he, it was like a mixed bag of results because I, I can, there's definitely like been a couple of seasons where he was like consistently good when he was out, but unfortunately the past few years, like there wasn't much to talk about. So I, I wish him the best. I think he's currently uh, in playing in the Salvador still. And CD Aguila, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I'm I'm sure he's gonna be retiring there very soon. So I, I wish him the best, though. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a he's a people person. I met him one time at a preseason match, and he's just he's just cool. And like you said, he's a locker guy. Everybody respects him, and you know he's a again he's past his time for what the Dynamo are trying to do, and he's strictly a role player for us is what he would have been as a CDM and. Uh, just come off the bench at the end of the games to, uh, you know, just hold it down and beat some guys up is what he was supposed to do. But, you know, in the in the role that, again, the Dynamo are going, he just doesn't fit in. And uh, like you said, he's gone back down to El Salvador, and which where he'll probably retire. And I'm sure he's very happy right now. He's at home. Uh, he's still playing for the national team, so he's still got some fight left in him. And so maybe we'll see him in the in one of the U.S. versus El Salvador matches if we get to play one. Oh, that was pretty fun. Yeah. But yeah, he's um he's sometimes pretty good with the national team, but uh Herman <laughs> clarified to me that he, he it really it's really like a mixed bag. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. But I wish him the best still. Absolutely. But yeah, also from from there, Asam Jungwa. In Miami. And, yeah, it's um it's it's interesting the situation because like um he was one of the very few players that Dynamo wanted to bring back considering the situation that we're pretty short on on left backs and we kind of need like a backup for Brad Smith right away because he, he's still recovering. And Sam Junkwa, like he came in um, as a draft pick for Dynamo, mostly just as a uh, as a main defender, but he was shifted uh, to a fullback, uh, mostly just left back. And and yeah, he just, uh, he just ran out of contract this past season after the season ended. And and the Dynamo try to bring him back, but I don't think he's gonna be returning anytime soon. And I, I wish him the best, honestly. And mostly just because he he came in in a pretty rough state for the Dynamo and played his best uh, despite a, a couple of misperformances. But I feel like he has like a lot of talent still. Like he's still very young, and and I, I'm I wish him the best, honestly. He, he's I think he can make it in MLS for sure. 
and he's still a good player. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like you said, Dynamo did offer him another contract to return this season. Uh, of course, there has been there has been no details as to what happened to that, whether he declined it or just he didn't answer in time, or we pulled back, or or what happened there. Man, it's just the man is MIA. I think we've seen via his Instagram that he was in Dallas. I don't know if he lives there or if he was just trying to do something, <laughs> but Sam Junkway is MIA, and so I guess we'll move on with from him and. He'll pop up somewhere here pretty soon, I would assume, because he's still a talent and he's still a good player. So too bad he didn't want to stick around because it probably would have worked out for him. But, uh, you know, you don't know what it's always after hindsight when you know everything. It's, <laughs> so, But wish him the luck as well. Oh, yeah. The next guy, the next I, get... guy, I don't wish luck for the next guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and before we get to that person, which I yeah. know who you're talking about, um, one of the things that I also wanted to mention from the list of option to client, which was very interesting, was that uh, at the time they didn't share like any details on on Darwin Quintero, Memo Rodriguez, and Seca, because they specifically mentioned that they're gonna uh, have an update on those players at some point in the future, and we can just get to those players before we move into the players that were traded out, and and obviously those players, um, uh, Darwin Quintero, Memo, and Seca would eventually have their options declined. And and we can definitely talk about those those three players because there's definitely like a variety of reasons why they left. But but yeah, but in particular Darwin Quintero, you can definitely say like he was one of the very the very few players that Dynamo had in the past few years that created plays for you. And he tried his best to to put um to be like a offensive threat for the Dynamo. Like the very few a reasons to be scared of Dynamo was Darwin Quintero, and I'm gonna miss him for sure. Obviously, like he's past his age, that he he he's not gonna play in nine, full ninety minutes uh, with anymore. And or defense or defense, and but he can still create a play for you. And Darwin Quintero can still be that player that he just comes off the bench and creates stuff for you. But uh, we're past that time to let it go because like it's it's been a long time already, and. Uh, I think he'll be missed for for like some people. Uh, at least for me, I kind of moved on already because he he's pretty old, and I I just I just cherish the good moments that we had with him for sure. There's we're we're still okay. I'm gonna say arguing. We're still debating over Darwin Cotero and Hinchada of the Discord, and there's there's people that still prefer him to be here. There's people that are just they're. It's it's okay for him to go. We all acknowledge he was our most creative player last season for the Dynamo. We know what he brought to the table, but we also know what he leaves off the table, and that's where we all agree that it is his time has passed. He can't play 90 minutes. He can't be an everyday starter. He doesn't play defense. He was holding Sebastian Fidea's hand, sometimes getting in the way and interfering with uh, the, the style of play. Uh, he, he plays with his heart, which is great, but sometimes he doesn't play with the team. And you know, just it's just it's better to move on than him to be what what they want to call a super sub because as a super sub, you know, I, I could looking as a coach, if I was coaching the Dynamo, Darwin Quintero, I'd, I'd, we, we'd have to be behind for us to even put Darwin in at the end of the game to try to get a spark. Yes, we're been at the bottom of the table, and that might give us a lot of opportunities to use him. But what we're trying to build now, we're not. A, 
we don't want to be playing from behind anymore. I just didn't see the opportunity of how many times we'd be able to use him as a role player. And that to me takes up another place for somebody who could be more important in, in, a, in a, to build the future in a longer run. So that's, that's why where I stand with Darwin Quintero, I'm okay with him going. I will, I will miss him, his personality and his, his style, but uh, I also agree. He was, he's just not needed on this team anymore. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's 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 having fun in Colombia. <laughs> People keep showing the stats from his games, his most recent games. He's he's having. It looks like he's having a little bit of fun, but he's just inconsistent. And you know, he's Darwin Quintero. So, <laughs> and thank you for being here during your time, buddy. Well, yeah, for sure. And I can definitely get like some of the fans like being upset about like Darwin leaving at this point, but. With the reasons that you mentioned, he was essentially taking up a spot, uh, which definitely says a lot because, like, obviously he can he was able to create the players for you, but uh, when it comes to like a team that, that is transitioning to to like like younger players and people that can actually play ninety minutes, then then we, he he can just turn out to be like a liability depending on how on how you want to look at it. But but yeah, we'll miss him for sure and his contribution uh, to the team as well. And speaking about like contributions to the team, Memo, uh, he he has his time to go for sure. Like he, we've seen he he's been here with a, a very long time, and uh, you know for a fact that he, whenever he was playing on the field, like he gave a lot for this jersey. And unfortunately, like this past couple seasons or so, like he he has been pretty stagnant, and you could tell that he he's seen like like a change of scenery. Um, also considering. What he had to go through uh, with his team uh, during his, his time, and and yeah, you'll see LA Galaxy picking him up, which was a little bit surprising for me. It was interesting because they they see they see something in him that maybe weren't able to take advantage of, uh, but we're just hoping that he finds that success somewhere else, as long as it's not against us, by the way. So because. Like Memo, Memo's a good person. Uh, I and you can just like see him, like whatever he does off the field, just being with his family, and you can just see that. And honestly, I just wish him the best because he he's a good one. I don't, I don't know, if, I'm not sure about what you think, but I think that's the case for all Dynamo fans. Yeah, man, he's a homegrown with us. He's been with us for a while. He came up through the academy, and you know, and. It was time to go for for his benefit, because like you said, he just we couldn't figure out what we wanted to do with him here. Uh, you had you had HH and Coco, Ache Ache and Coco. So it's like, how do you you know you fit this guy in? And they they tried, they put him in, but I think he wants to be an everyday starter. It's gonna be I don't know if he's gonna be an everyday starter for LA, but as we're recording the show, he he did assist Chicharito last night or Chicha or Ching, whoever he assisted. He, he did get an assist for LA in one of their preseason games. So it looks like he's being given the opportunity with the, with some of the starters and uh, everybody will love him here for a long time. You know, we'll, we've all got his bobblehead and uh, he, he, he's one of us forever. So uh, we'll, we'll be watching him. But like you said, He's not going to perform against us. We'll, we'll prevent that from happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But hopefully. Yeah. But yeah, I guess everyone else uh, uh, go all out. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, 
Yeah, and I guess the the last player that got his option declined was Seko. And you can probably see why he his option got declined in the first place. And he, he did see like a lot of minutes with the first team this past season, but he was pretty much inconsistent. And and yeah, he was just straight up let go because I'm guessing the animal were just tired of him. And well, uh, or one, just he was saw some, something else. Poor defensively. And he did get up into the field in the attack, and that was his high note. But you're the right back, so his defensive skills just were just were just terrible. And and Dorsey actually playing it for the first time this last season looked a lot better and played a lot better and had a lot more energy than Zeka did. And you know Zeka's a little guy too, so that kind of that kind of got in the way with the, the the physicality of the MLS sometimes and just what he was trying to do. But yeah, so uh, I don't even know where he went. But I, I I back you up on that. Sitzeka was just uh yeah another. Luckily, it was just alone, so it didn't hurt us at all. Oh yeah, and just considering Dorsey, like he's just gonna be shifted back to, well, all the way back to, right back essentially because of the options that we now have up there, as a right wing, and and yeah, like it's it kind of didn't make much sense to bring Sitzeka back also. The fact that we also um, end up bringing in Franco Escobar, which is definitely an upgrade uh, compared to Seca. And, and you can see uh, without, uh, where things went without him. So I think he went back to Brazil so or somewhere else. So good luck to him. And and yeah, those are the options decline. And we now get to the fun part, and <laughs> which, are, uh, which are the trades. And some of the trades here... Uh, in the offseason, I feel like the Dynamo did a pretty good job to get as much of, of pretty much like as much a return as possible because uh, it, especially when it came to Fafa and well, getting rid of Fafa and Tim Parker, uh, I feel like they definitely got like a lot of stuff back for sure and also Adam Lundquist, what we can talk about a little bit later but we're going to start with Fafa for sure one of those players that, uh, for some reason, uh, was our most, or if not like a, one of our most dangerous pieces uh, in the attacking line. And you, you can see that he's just definitely pretty good with the ball. And just, he's, he's just a presence there. But unfortunately, like whenever he has the ball, wants to shoot, he shoots it straight to the keeper every single time. Or, or something else happens because like he, he he's a threat. But not as big as a threat for like teams that know how to handle him for sure. He's too predictable. We were look now. I was the I was the biggest. Fafa was my favorite player going into last season, even with all the the additions, because we didn't know nothing about Sebastian Fidea. So Fafa was my favorite player going into the season, and I turned my back on that fool. He's a one trick pony. The gazelle, slow feet don't eat. But he, you know what? His 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 feet don't eat either, because he was just going down the line. He had one move. Yeah, I would get you down to that corner. I'm going to cut back on my right foot. And I'm going to take a shot into that corner. Or, like you said, to the keeper. There there was no assists. There was no passes. There was no great crosses. It, and uh, fighting over penalty kicks. Uh, just And I was so glad to see him be traded. I don't care who he would have went to. I was just happy that he was gone because I felt like Fafa could have – he did it to himself, man. He did it to himself. And he could have been something a lot better if he just would have taken time and been humbled and just listened to the coaching staff and just, dude, 
you you could have been a lot better. But uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what he's like in Nashville and see if they're able to utilize him or knock him on the head and tell him wake up fool you got to play a little different because he's too predictable and everybody knows how to defend him now and if you do the same thing you're not nothing's going to happen and I think what he got four or five goals for us last season that's but that's nothing that's nothing so I'm I'm very good with him being gone and I'm okay with him going to Nashville too so good luck in Nashville Fafa I I, I liked you but I don't like you no more <laughs> So if you don't eat, man. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Tim Parker. Because he um he was paid a lot of money, but I didn't feel like he was like a like the the leader type of presence in the back line. And just being inconsistent for like a good chunk of the games. Like he definitely had his performances last year where he, he was just like lights out. But for the most part it was just like downs completely instead of ups and and for me like it for the amount of money that he was taking in in the payroll and the fact that the Dynamo offloaded like a good chunk of of wage money uh, with him gone even though like he's he they're still paying a, a portion of his contract with uh, St. Louis his new team it's it's still uh it's still pretty good i feel like i also just to bring in like uh, some other pieces still there even though he just it most likely is just gonna be like the bat, the defenders that we had this previous season taking off this role. I feel like we were wasting a lot, a lot of resources with Tim Parker, and I, I just wish him the best, honestly, because he I don't feel like what he was earning here was worth his performance. Yeah, man, I, I agree. He he got paid off a of New York Red Bulls from the guy we don't like to, or the guy I don't like to talk about, but. Uh, you know, but you, you hit it right on the nose. He was super inconsistent, but I think it's the style of play that Pat Onside was trying to, was telling our coaches to, to use. He doesn't fit into that style. So he's still, he's, he's not that old. He's, and he, so he is still a good defender, but he's a good defender for teams. that do not force the attack on opponents. So like you're getting stuck in counters and he's not a defense. He's not a counter defensive center back. He's, he's a, he's a guy who can mark somebody in the box and, and take care of business in the box. But when you start telling him to use his pace and, and, and playing uh, the division like that, where you need to mark somebody over a 40, 45 yard uh, field, it's just, he just, you know, he, it, 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 he didn't work. It was at some point during the season last year, we, when him and stairs were on the field at the same time, we were, we were kind of making fun of saying here, we got the Flintstones starting as our center backs. (laughs) (laughs) And stairs is still, stairs is, is, he's okay. He's a a smarter player than Parker. And so we kept him. I think he'll fit in into this, this style that we're going to play, but it just, Parker just looked lost. And whenever he was beat, by speed when he, he caught him all he wanted to do was truck you over and i don't know how sometimes he didn't get calls uh, calls against him he just he trucked somebody and the referee wouldn't blow the whistle but uh, he was just a liability and i think he's just a liability for what we're trying to perform not nothing bad about the guy it's just not our style so st louis a brand new team who's going to be on their back foot a lot this season we, we anticipate uh, he's going to fit in right there because they're going to be defending in their area and they're going to be playing back a lot. So he, you know, hopefully he does well for St. Louis and I'm right there with you wishing him the luck and redhead stick together here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, 
that unit is pretty good, so it's good that there's that bond between you guys, but but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And from there, Matias Vera, one of the guys that have been that has been here for a while, uh, gets loaned to Argentinos Juniors down in Argentina not so long ago. And you can definitely see why that was the case because the Dynamo were bringing in like a million midfielders and it just felt like Matias Vera was essentially being phased out. And and for in this case, for me, like Matias had his, had his performances for sure, but you could, you could tell over time that he, he was playing like a different role he wasn't accustomed to or they were trying to like fit into a different system. And I, I, I guess like past this season, it, you just felt like they were trying to see what they could do with him. And unfortunately, it didn't work out with the new establishment. So, obviously, he had to go. I don't think he was going to be seeing like a lot of playing time here. And I'm, I'm guessing after his loan's over, then he's going to be staying in Argentina for sure. Well, and, you know, I agree with you on everything right there. And like you said, he is out on loan. And it is for one year, but at the same time, at the end of that year, his contract is up with us. So he'll have the options to do whatever he wants to do after this one year. So pretty sure it's not a loan with option to buy. It's just a straight up loan. It ends and then he's a free agent. Uh, Like you said, he just doesn't, we don't have a place for him here. Again, it's one of these players we just don't have a place for. We brought in Archer to be our, our starting central defensive midfielder. Uh, You've got Reigns waiting in the, in the backfield, you know, if he's going to be the six, but they, they kind of like Reigns at the eight, maybe Castilla could be the six to back up off the bench. But it just opens the door for the kids and, uh, you know, something new for Vera. Uh, this is uh, Argentina. I believe he's going home, right, too, at the same time. So yep. it, it should be something that will just spice up his career, and hopefully he does well there. And, you know, maybe he can get back into the MLS or or stay in Argentina, whatever he wants to do. I know he's a liked player here. I like him. I just, you know, I, I agree with the, the coaching staff here. Is he just doesn't fit in with what our future is going to bring us, what the planned future is, because obviously we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And the last player to leave the Dynamo this season, uh, which was interesting and somewhat out of the blue, uh, was Adam Lundqvist getting traded to Austin FC, uh, it, which was like a pretty unexpected trade. Uh, which ended up with us like getting up to five hundred thousand dollars in allocation money, and it was slightly unexpected because at the time we didn't know that he wanted to leave the Dynamo at that point, and you can definitely understand why. Like he, uh, he's been here for a long time, and you already know what happened in the last five years or so that yeah. he was here, and he he tried to ride the train, man, which I res- definitely respect because he. He it was a pretty bumpy ride, as considering also like he's been through a handful of coaches there with Dynamo uh, before Ben Olsen came in, and I'm guessing he had enough and he just wanted to be somewhere else, uh, where he could thrive in his eyes, and 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 apparently from what we understand, like Austin had the 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 best offer on the table, and it's kind of I'm kind of glad Dynamo just respected his wishes and let him go, and and yeah we'll see. We'll see how he does with Austin for sure. Like I feel like he he can do some damage there, but as long as it's not Dynamo, we're good. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, it's also also like just off the field. Like he he's just like he's a good guy overall. Like he uh he's he's mostly just like a 
I guess he was like one of the very few presidents in the locker room that you 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 can just tell his artwork and determination on the field as well. And I, I miss him for sure. But well, yeah, not with the Austin Colors. Right. Yeah. And and you hit it on the nose, man. He was here for five five or six years. I think it was five years. You said and just on a losing team every year, and that that's hard to do when you continue to do it. And uh, you know, like like Asher said in a recent interview, he. It wasn't a shock to them at all. Once the season ended, he went to the front office and he he requested to find a new team, and they honored him. They respected him. They and they they put it out there for the MLS to look at, and Austin came up with the best deal, which is five hundred five hundred k gam. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely take the five hundred k gam, and uh, you know he didn't have a choice of where he got to go. So he's I don't know if he's gonna if he's going to be given the opportunity over there because so far from what we're seeing in this preseason is he's not really getting much playing time at all. He's not starting. He's not playing with the starters in Austin's first couple of preseason games. So, uh, and, and they like their starter that they have over there in Gallagher. So uh, he may be, he may be riding the bench and playing limited time over there, but they have champions league and, uh, every other tournament that Dynamo will be involved in. So hopefully he'll get some time over there. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a captain for us a few times. So obviously he's a, he's a liked player. He's a, he's a born leader. Um, so, man, if, if Lundy can get in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he can get in because I see him being able to make that starting lineup over there and just playing time with Gallagher or put Gallagher on the right side for Austin and leave Lundy on the left because they've got a uh, Lima over there they're not too happy with. But so Lundy, Lundy will figure it out. He's only been over there a couple weeks, so we'll, we'll let him have his chance in that club, and maybe he'll get on the field and, and, and make their starting lineup. But as far as that, yeah, just leave us alone when we play y'all, and we'll, yeah. we'll, be good. we'll be good with it. We're all still rooting for you, buddy, and we're still rooting on you. And, you know, go play well for Austin for a year and then go back to Sweden like you wanted to. Or go back to Europe. Yep. Get get where you want to be. <laughs> and yeah, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's talk about player signings. Let's do because it. We definitely see the influx of players leaving, which definitely just tells you that this is the turning point for the animal, considering the the previous regime. And and yeah, it pretty much started with Archer coming in from Columbus Crew via trade. And which was pretty massive, uh, considering the the top player that Arthur was with at Columbus, and the background he had with like uh, Pat when he was there, and and just trying to look at, to see how his role of this team is going to be. I feel like he there, it might be it definitely depends because we still don't know how the lineup's going to look like, but I feel like he might just be like on a on a line with Ache just trying to have like. This back line, along with the defensive midfielders, are trying to control the ball a little bit better. But it definitely depends because I don't know if it's going to be like that or just like getting rotated with like Achiache uh, or just like having like a weird combination in the midfield. But th- this trade's pretty good. Uh, also, considering that Artur uh, is an experienced player when it comes in, in MLS standards and we'll need him a lot for sure. 
Yeah, dude. And I like, I like what he brings to the table for us and, and controlling that CDM and he, he, and he may not play it like a CDM. He's going to get into the attack. So, I mean, if we run a four, three, three, like we're expecting, that's an attacking formation and we're going to be pushing up the field. Uh, you know, Arthur's going to be allowed to get into the box and to take opportunities and he's good on his feet. He has great vision and he's not afraid to shoot. So, you know, that guy that sits atop the box just at the, you know, the 18 is the box, and he's sitting around that 25-yard mark just, just looking for balls to come across or clearances or as as we're attacking into the in, – towards the goal, he, you know, he's going to be – he's going to be a great help. And uh, I think you're kind of right where him and Ache Ache will be working together, coincide where – Ache Ache will be going up as well, but he'll back up Archer when Archer goes up, and Archer will back up Ache Ache when he goes up because Coco Wisi will probably be the deepest, the deepest center mid that will be getting into the box and trying to trying to create and do some things. But you know, uh, I, I like I, I like this move. It was the move that made sure Vera was gonna that had Vera had to leave. And well, you know, like I said, once we get into the season, we'll see how the rotation works. Whether it's Arthur, Ache, Ache, Coco, or a couple of these new guys that we're bringing in might get some midfield playing time as well. And you know, we'll just see how it works. A lot of games this year, so can't can't expect everybody to play every single game. What do we have? Thirty four game season plus the the Open Cup plus the the uh, Leagues Cup. That that's shoot forty games right there. So. Uh, I'm good. I'm good with the the rotation that we that we are looking at seeing coming out. So I like Arthur, man. Good move. Yeah, uh, for sure. And from there, the Dynamo would uh, will go ahead and sign Andrew Charvel, uh, former goalkeeper for Austin FC, uh, as a free agent. And you can definitely tell right away that this is gonna be our second string goalkeeper, and uh, that's gonna be competing with. Um, uh, with Michael Nelson and of all this uh, for the the bench the bench post uh, either that or uh, they're gonna, uh, both of them are gonna be just uh, competing with Dynamo two at during that time so but I, and I feel like that might just be the case and and yeah and Charles is gonna be that second string goalkeeper I don't I don't think we're gonna see a lot of him unless something happens to uh, Steve Clark. But I feel like also feel like we might see him a couple times, especially when it comes to uh, rotating for least cup games or whenever he's injured. But we'll see how how the stay here goes. Yeah, and again, that's to reiterate the the forty games that we're going to be playing. I do agree with you. Tarble would be the number two. Steve Clark doesn't need to play every single game. He is up there in age, and we want to make sure he's going to be a durable keeper and use him in the important games that we need him. Tarble's good enough to come off the bench and start, you know, a game against, uh, let's just say Vancouver or, or somebody who, or, you know, just give him some spot starts here and there. Let, let Clark, you know, take his vitamins and be okay. Uh, I think you're right. Michael Nelson, uh, Xavier Valdez is going to be starting for dose. Now that kid has got four concussions already. So I'm, I'm hoping he can stay away from, from those injuries and continue to grow because that's a highlight kid right there that that could be the future keeper for the dynamo. So, you know, maybe Malcolm Nelson will be playing for dose as well and splitting time with him. So we, uh, we'll see Tar Tarbell's, uh He's nothing special. He's a, he's an okay backup. Uh, I even had this one dude, 
told me he was going to start over Clark. And immediately I told him, mm. you're, you're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're ridiculous. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. yeah. I did not, did not entertain that for one second. So, you know, I'm, I, I'm okay with he's here because I, I do think he's better than Nelson and we, we'd have no belief in Nelson at all just from his performances. So we needed something. Uh, it's kind of hoping Xavier Valdez would be that backup keeper to Clark and he still could be in the future, but with the signing of Tarble, obviously he'll be the backup and Valdez will have to continue to show his, uh, his worth at down a dose and we'll see from there. For sure. And yeah, it's definitely a deal, a deal for them to just have their playing time in Dynamo 2 because that's obviously where they get the most playing time right now. And, and yeah, I feel like Valdez might just get like uh, more minutes in Dynamo 2 compared to Michael Nelson, but it really depends how the competition down there goes. Right. But yeah, from there, the Dynamo will just go ahead and sign Ifonianchi um, Achara based on the previous entry draft. And this was a little bit weird because like, Achara is coming in off, off an injury with Toronto FC, and he, ha- he hasn't played a lot um, during his injury. But the Dynamo just picked him off the Ranger process. And you can see from here that he might just be like an option for uh, the left wing if that were to be the case. If not, I feel like he might just, that's a good chance he might just stay with um, Dynamo 2 during that time just so, like, he, so he can get back in shape from his previous injury. Unless he just like impresses in, in the preseason, but I guess that's how it feels like in my opinion. But but yeah, not much to say here really. But int- an interesting addition. I've got the good and I've got the bad. The good, how he performed before his injury, he he looked like he had a lot of potential in his first game that he played for Toronto. He technically, well, not technically, he actually scored twice. His first goal was called offsides, and it was offsides by that friggin' much. So they disallowed it. But then he still scored later in the game. His second game is when he got hurt, and he was out the rest of the season. He came back and played sparringly in 13 games last year for for Toronto. And then we went and picked him up. He's got great vision. He's in – because we were getting rid of Fafa, I really like this guy because he's actually attacks the defender. So he'll take you on one-on-one, and he'll make you back foot your way towards the keeper. So – he, he fits the role of that left winger or that right winger, whichever. But now for the bad, he has not been to preseason practice once. He is not even in the frigging country. So this tells me that there's something else going on behind doors. I don't know if he's even going to be on the team or, or, or what's going on here because he has not reported to camp and there has been no news on him. So that, that's something that, uh, you know, we'll need to reach out to some sources and, and ask about before the season starts and be like, what is up with Achara? Because right now the dude's not even in country. And uh, you got to show up to the team and be in preseason if you won't even have a chance to be on the first team. So if he does show up, put him straight to dose, let him work his way in. Otherwise, um, let him sign for somebody else because I'm not liking that he's not here one bit. We're giving him oh, a yeah. chance, and he's not taking it. But again, oh, yeah. I don't know and the back. I don't know the backside of the story, so me speculating. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's fine. Like there could be more to the story that we may not know about. But it's also important to just highlight that he's not a preseason cap still, which definitely might might affect his chances with the first team. And and yeah, we'll we'll see what happens from there. There's not much we can say until we get some solid answers. Right. But yeah, and I guess like from. 
that same offseason process when it comes to the entry draft, also the waivers. That's where they essentially sign out like Charles Augusta, uh, this midfielder from a Creighton, a Canadian midfielder that he wasn't picked up in the in the uh, draft recently. So that way signed him off of the waiver process, which I feel like it was interesting because it's what, this was signing that Pat was looking to make. So it's interesting that he was he had like some interest with this player. Well, and they even said after they picked him up that this and I don't I don't know what the rules were or why he wasn't in the draft or he wasn't in the draft the year before or whatever he was doing. But he said that if he was Pat said if he was in the draft or Asher said I forget which one if he was in the draft he would have been a first round pick. So it's just confusing how he didn't make he didn't get to be in the draft. I'm sure it had something to do with his eligibility or something or another, but. You know, he, he got on. He's uh, he looks very good in the highlights. People are our hype about him a little bit. The the ones that are doing the studying on him, so you know, we'll see. And he may be a guy that backs up Ache Ache, or even Coco because he's that type of player. So you know, we'll see how he does in uh, preseason, and we'll see if he gets makes the first team. I believe. I believe I don't have his. I don't have the uh, the roster in front of me. I want to say he got he signed the first team contract. So he's going to be given the opportunity. And if he, if he looks as well as he, he does in his highlights, then I'm, I'm all for it and I'm game with it, man. No, yeah. And he's got a, he's got a pretty good shot to make bench for sure. Unless he's moved on to Dynamo two for the time being, but, but yeah, we'll see how that goes because we have like a lot of midfields on the roster and just like it's, and the field's pretty crowded. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it, which I feel like it's mostly just going to depend on the approach that Ben Olsen takes when it comes to the lineups, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, and, and from and there, bef- and before yeah. you move on to the next guy, because you know uh, August was taking after the super draft, I feel like we should go ahead and talk about those two at this point because we're at that point in the chronological order: Isaiah Reed and Franz Perot. And oh, I yeah. don't know if you have anything to say about those guys. Yeah, it it seemed like interesting additions, but I just chose not to like say much about them because they have they have like a contract with Dynamo still. Like, there's a chance that they might be brought over to Dynamo too. At least that's what I feel like. But but yeah, that they're like officially speaking, they're not with the Dynamo roster since they haven't signed a contract yet. Even though Dynamo have like the essentially they have dips to, to sign a contract with him, and if that's not not the case, then they're gonna have like. Rise of first refusal with the league, and and yeah, it's it's interesting how it's been it's been a while since the draft, and that's not mean like any news on the contract either, either that or that they, they might just be with the Donald two for preseason or just something else going on. So Isaiah Reed, the second round draft pick. So of course everybody knows that we traded our first three picks in the first round to to add more gam to the to the team that we obviously have been using to add all these other additions to the team and then so we go into the second round and we take isaiah reed he's going to be a nice he's a versatile player so you know I, I i'm sure he'll be playing for dose and we'll get to see how he works out there on the i believe he's on the left side he can play the left wing back or he can play center mid uh and then france perot so I, I can I can tell you about him. He was our third round pick. He's a striker, and he's he's played a lot of he's played a, for a lot of teams, college and then semi pro and all that good stuff. But uh, he is no longer with the team, and he has left the team. 
So he will not be given no opportunity to be with the team. And I don't know where he's going to go. I didn't get into details when I was talking to him. I just kind of, he just kind of offered that information to me and I just let it be at that. And I didn't, I didn't push the, the envelope to, to see what the heck happened. I just respected his privacy and, and told, wished him luck and told him to let me know where he's going to be if he if he does get an opportunity somewhere. And I'd be happy to follow him because, uh, you know, I, I, I do like the guy. As uh, as me and Herman interviewed him on Dynalytics and we got to talk to him personally. And he's a, he's a likable guy, man. And I thought he could have been a uh, – He's a strict striker, so he's that guy that you have to feed the ball to, a target guy. So I was, I was hoping he's gonna get the opportunity at Dana Dose, but for whatever reason, he is no longer with the team and he is gone. So I don't know what's going on there. He, but we didn't get into details on that. Oh yeah, and that's good to know when it comes to Franceboro because I didn't hear much about that either. Just that he was picked in the Super Draft a while back, and nothing else happened. Yeah, but. Uh, what I was mostly just looking forward to, I see Reed because just based on the highlights, I feel like he can we can utilize him down the road, yeah. and and we're pretty much gonna see him with Dynamo two. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, exactly. and from there, uh, after I believe sometime right around the, after the drafts, the Dynamo will go ahead and sign Brad Smith, a former fullback for DC United and the Seattle Sounders, and. And it's this one's interesting because he's still coming off an ACL injury, which sidelined him for a good chunk of the season last year. But still, like just during his time, um, especially with the, with the Sounders, he he was pretty good. Uh, and like some, I noticed that some people don't like him from his attitude, but he seems like a really uh, useful player on the flank, especially us that you know, on a severe need of fullbacks. <laughs> Hey, this is one of those bring the nasty guys, so you know. Yeah, bring the nasty. He, yeah, so he may he may fit in, and then, as you said, it's an absolute need right now at left back because right now he's the only guy on the roster that technically can play left back, besides Hadebi, and you don't want Hadebi scooting out to play left back. You want him to stick in the middle no. and, and play and stay in the center, and we don't even need to entertain Hadebi moving out to the left side for any for any reason, even if it's just a cover. No, so Brad Smith, and then. Whatever else we do, you know, there's still the rumor of the the Dutch guy that could be coming over. You know, Dorsey can move to the left and play some time over there as an inverted left back. But you know, just uh, some news that people may not have re- recognized is Brad Smith has been getting very small amounts of time in the preseason games. So that's that's good news for him coming off his injury that he's actually getting into physical contact and actually getting play. I know the season's still only what three weeks away, so he may not be. You know, he's obviously not going to be fit and form ready to start day one. It's going to take him a few games to get back into it, but he's closer than what a lot of people had been anticipating. Because I've been here in, uh, in May and the end of March, and you know, just from him getting into the preseason game and actually physically playing, uh, is just good news that his uh, his rehab is going well. So Brad Smith may be back sooner than later. Oh, yeah. And I do know for a fact that they have to bring in um, another left back before season starts because it's essentially just him. And um, there there were more involving like Javensi van der Kost, uh, the fullback from FC Ulstrich in in the Netherlands. 
it's it, I feel I feel like it's still happening, like just from the news that that I've been reading about. But right, like, it's agree. it's been a while since the rumor like kicked off. So it's interesting how that process has been going through, especially for a position that we direly need. And I feel like he's gonna be our our, our starter. Like if he ends up coming in, Vandercust until Brad Smith gets gets full recovers. Right. Well, but funny yeah. story about the Vandercusters. There was even a rumor this morning, but when you when you look into the rumor to see, you know, the the Twitter, the guy that posted it on Twitter, uh, he had three. He following three people, and he had one person following him. And it was the one person that put the put the rumor in the chat for us to see was the guy that was following him. So <laughs> where'd this guy get his info from, or is he just doing it from a second account or burner account or whatever? But you know, he's saying it was a done deal with the Dynamos. But so we'll see. Maybe this is some news that's being that will possibly be here in this week because Asher keeps saying in these interviews that Pat's going to come out with something about the youth and something about the academy and something about this, but yet the news hasn't came out yet. Naturally, they take forever, so we'll see. We'll see. Oh yeah, and uh, it's inter- interesting to say the least, but we'll see how that goes. But like I said, we need a left back because yeah. I don't want Brad Smith there right now. Desperately. But yeah, speaking of fullbacks, uh, Ivan Franco is brought over from LAFC after winning the MLS Cup just recently. And oh, this, this is a big oh, one. Oh, time out. Time out. You oh, yeah. I, got my, yeah. I got my Franco's mixed up. <laughs> yeah. That's what right. happened. Yeah. Good good catch. We did sign uh, Franco Escobar, but that was after we signed Ivan Franco, which is one of the Francos that we brought over. But probably the most exciting Franco because... Ivan Franco coming in for Club Libertad, uh, one of the clubs that you're going to re- remember uh, Sebastian Ferreira coming from uh, this past year. And they have a background. And it's good because Ivan Franco was pretty much paired with Sebastian during his time in Club Libertad. And he's extremely young with a lot of upside. And there's just like a lot to look forward to with Ivan Franco because he, just watching his highlights and not to mention his hairstyle that matches Coco's in in Flair. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this guy, and I'm looking forward to that. Dude, I'm excited too, man. Just one, one he's played with Sebastian Fidea, and we begged for somebody to – we need somebody to feed Sebastian Fidea. So, all right, this guy doesn't need to come in and get acclimated with Sebas. He's already acclimated with him. He knows how Sebas plays. Sebas knows how this guy plays, and <laughs> – you can see that he's he has his vision. He knows he, he knows he's he's visually intelligent. So he's going to get his crosses off. And and once you know how your forward already plays, he's going to come in and he's going to be one of those great additions. I'm going to say off the bench, he's not going to be our day one starter. But you know when he comes in off the bench or does get those starts, that it's going to be a benefit to Sebastian Fidea. And and uh, you know things are looking bright on that that left wing. And I'm I'm excited for Alvin Franco and of course the hair for him and Coco to have competitions. And I hope they both go D row one day and just do the D row game. With the oh yeah. And, <laughs> and when we get to, when we get to Amine Basi, we'll try to talk a little bit more how the front three is going to look like, because we have like a lot of options on both wings and, and it's, it looks pretty threatening, uh, which is good to see, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But yeah, Ivan Franco, I'm pretty much looking forward to him. And just that chemistry that's already established with Sebas. Also considering that Sebas like was pretty much the highest scoring Dynamo player and, and without a, a playmaker next to him. 
there's just a lot a lot to um, expect with a, a new season coming in. And Ivan Franco, and, yeah. Yeah, and a side note, Franco, you know, everybody heard about all this little troublesome stuff back in uh, back in home club Libertad, but this is just a, something that this is really uh, where a player invites the change of scenery and needs that change of scenery. And he's and he's best best friends with Sebastian Fidea. I'm pretty sure he was at Sebastian Fidea's wedding because Sebastian just got married over the over the winter or whatever. And and Franco, his girlfriend, is pregnant. So he's he's got a, he's got a he's got a lot going on, a lot to be happy for. Uh, and I, I think the way everything's just aligning for him in his universe, he's going to be something special for the Dynamo, and it's going to translate on the field when he does get out there. For sure. Well, yeah, let's talk about the other Franco that I talked to you just now, being Franco Escobar. The actual Franco Escobar that just won <laughs> MLS Cup with LAFC this past season. Uh, obviously, another piece in, uh, as a right back uh, with Orsi that we definitely need for sure. Also, like, um, you, I wouldn't really call him like a death piece because he, I feel like he, he can earn the starting spot over Dorsey, but I feel like he's going to have to work for it because like Dorsey has been doing pretty well uh, after shifting back to the right-back position. And just having Franco Escobar there just to compete with Dorsey, I feel like it's pretty good, especially coming in as a free agent. It's de- definitely a lot of upside in that position as well. Yeah, and then they just some little rumblings like from Asher talking or Pat. They do so many interviews now. I can't even remember which one who's talking about who, but talk about how they yeah. want to use that D line is when the left side goes up, the right side's going to stay back, or vice versa. When the right side pushes up, the left side's going to stay back, and where they kind of have like a three back, and it's just going to be vice versa. But you know, and Escobar is a versatile player. He can also play center back. So if we get in any troublesome situations, and we do need a uh, you know, an extra center back, or we're going to move to five back because we're winning the game and need to hold off the opponent. You know, he can he can slide in, and then Dorsey can come in on the right, or he can be subbed in and keep Dorsey on the right, and Escobar sit in the middle. So this is a, another great addition for us. And uh, sure shot, but like I agree with you, him and him and Dorsey, I'm pretty sure are going to be split in time, uh, and they'll just be they'll just. I think it's going to be made clear day one that they're both playing the right side and we're just going to see who fits better against the opponent that we have. Oh, yeah. And also what you mentioned about uh, how the lineup is structured, I feel like that can also play a role in to see uh, how often Franco Escobar gets to play or if he's a starter over Dorsey. So there, there's a lot of variables there. So we'll see how that goes. But I still feel like Dorsey's going to be starting more often than Franco mm-hmm. Escobar unless he beats him down the road. Uh, for the starting spot, but after Franco Escobar, our latest signing that we've made, that I am the equally the most excited uh, with, uh, along with Ivan Franco being Amine Basi, uh, the Mor- Moroccan winger coming from FC Mets in the in League One. I am I'm pretty excited about this one because he's promising. He, he's like a promising playmaker um, that can either play. Play as a midfielder or a winger, that and like just just pretty much what I've seen him like right now. I'm excited just to see how that turns out because he he can just play play as a midfielder, be like a second option as a winger, and just create those plays those plays for you. Like I don't know if it's necessarily directly kind of like 
a Darwin Terrorist player, which could be. I'd like to see him play here to you know to make my own judgment, but I'm I'm extremely excited to see how many play here. Like I feel like it's gonna be like a player that we haven't seen here in a while outside of the presence of Darwin Quintero, just like or rather just like a rather consistent starter that's a continuous threat for pretty much the teams here in MLS. Yeah, and he is a small guy, and people have noticed that already. But if you, you go and watch his highlight reel, because it's not a low-light reel, it's a highlight reel, he, he fights for the ball, and he, he fights defenders off, and he doesn't go down easy. He's not a he's not a Grealish who gets touched, and he falls straight to the ground. But he, he fights, man, and I like his control, and I like his touch, man. He's got great control. He's got great touch. He, he's always looking for that pass. So, you know, that's, that's also something to say for Bossy and for Franco. It's like th- those guys are always looking to help somebody score. And then they'll benefit when they score from trying to help somebody else. So, I mean, their first thought is to pass. Their second thought is to shoot. Obviously, we need guys to shoot. But when you're looking to feed Sebastian, Sebastian Fidea, uh, that's just a, you know, a, a great thing for him to have. And I, I agree with you. He's going to play those wings either whether whether it be left or right and he uh, he's gonna float inside as well where he'll look like he's playing at cam at some points and then somebody will just have to back up his role over there so he's a very versatile player he has some great history in the championship in england uh, in the, the, the french league with mets so this this man i'm excited like you are too and this will be our day one starter on the field most likely on the left wing and we'll, we'll just see where it goes from there. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting times in Cincinnati, day one. Yeah. And we can definitely talk a little bit more about how the the front line is going to look like with considering the positions that we already have and how the competition is going to be involved. Uh, but, yeah, we can just, like I said, we can just talk a little bit about that later on when we set our expectations because we're going to be involving the current players that we have on the roster. And before we do that, uh, we can just go ahead and answer some of the uh, questions from uh, Twitter. Essentially, like a little bit before we start recording the episode a few days ago, uh, we, do, we do have like a couple questions that some of the listeners wanted to just answer. One of them being from Colin from Keeping Tabs, uh, asking about uh, Franco, essentially some of the players that we have already here. Um, specifically asking, does Franco not coming in to be a day one starter while Bassi is? Um, tell more about where Franco is or where Baird, I'm mentioning Corey Baird, is. Do you think that's why we love him instead of outright buying him? Was it planned to always integrate him into a starter and not just throwing him out there? And I feel like that's a pretty good question, uh, which pretty much just falls onto having that amount of competition uh, for either wing or rather how the starting 11 is going to be structured like. And I don't know if you want to a- answer that one first, but I can just go right ahead if you don't want to. Yeah, man, it's, you know, and I, I think uh, to start off, you know, it says, does Franco not coming in to be a day one starter? Tell more about where Franco is or where Barrett is. And, man, uh, I, I think what Franco's still a question mark because he wasn't in the greatest of form for Libertard. Baird was starting to come in and form at the end of the season for us, and he's been showing well on the practice field and on the pitch uh, going into this pre- into this preseason. So <clears throat> I think it shows more that, that Baird is doing a great job right now, and Franco 
you know, Franco Zuniga given that opportunity to <clears throat> to get stuck, become that starter or or take over for Baird, whichever it wants, depends on how Baird plays as well at the same time. And then the the part about him being alone, I think his I think the way his contract works out is I think we had no choice but to make him alone because you know the the transfer fee makes him a DP or close to it, and we just uh, it was just smarter and more financially stable to make him to bring him in as the loan. And of course, we want to give him a chance. We don't you know not sure we want to buy him yet either. He does have more to prove. Baird has been. We know what Baird was before his injury, and now we're kind of getting the Baird back from the end of his injury. And uh, there's a, there's a lot of belief right now in Baird too. At the same time, and there's actually coming back from the fans as well. There's a lot of belief in Baird, but you know, at the same time, it is Baird. So, you know, we'll see. You know, Baird is one of those players that can actually perform and and be a, an actual spark on the right side right there. And so I'm 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 excited too. But we'll we'll see what happens right there. What's up, Colin? Oh, yeah. And Colin did ask a pretty good question, also considering the amount of competition that Frank is going to have to beat to get to the starting spot. But yeah, I, I, I feel like Vasily just coming in and I pretty much there's a good, pretty good chance he's going to be a starter uh, over Franco. And, but Franco just coming in like alone, I feel like it's definitely like a low-risk move, considering that eventually if he turns out to be our, our player, then I I feel like Dynamo are not going to waste time to sign him up because I feel like he he can be that type of player, especially um, depending on how on his creativity and how how threatening he is. Like I feel like Dynamo are going to sign him right away. But still, like when it comes to Basi, I feel like he's going to be he's going to have like a, he's going to he has to have like a pretty good work ethic to beat Basi. And if he wants to switch wings, I feel like he's going to have like more of a hard time. Because he, he's going to have to go through Corey Baird, which I feel like has, has been gradually improving with Dynamo. And also, um, Quinones. Uh, he's just recently coming in uh, to the first team. And even though he's still like on, on the loan as well, uh, I feel like Quinones has a lot of upswing because he's like way, like he's extremely young too. And there's a lot to look forward to with him. So. And, and- Nelson Q has been having a lot of hype too during preseason. Who look? He's been looking well, and he looked well at the end of the yeah. season where he had a lot of high potential. And let's remember, his loan is only till June, so we want to see what uh, we'll call him Babyface because that's what everybody's been calling him now. We want to see what Babyface can do. We got to put him in more at the start than later because his loan ends in June. So we got to make a decision with him pretty quick, off, right off the bat. So there's a lot of fight. You got. You got Franco, you have Bossy, you have Babyface, and you have Baird. Uh, so, I mean, we didn't have this last year. We were begging for wingers. Now we have actual friggin' wingers, and with a lot, a lot. Of, uh, I mean, the ceiling's really high with these guys. So let's let's see what we can get out of them. And uh, you know, if we could put all four on the field at the same time and call them, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. Four those four players right there are gonna knock it out the park. I believe. Oh, yeah, and it goes back to what I said about the competition. There's a ton of competition now, which is pretty good. And for Franco, it's gonna it's gonna come back to just outperforming expectations and just balling out. Yeah, because j- just to close out that question, what he asked about, what Colin asked about, um, was the plan to always integrate Franco into a solder, that or just throwing him out there on the field? I feel like the plan was just to involve him in the grind just to see if he is 
up to par with expectations uh, to just be on the roster and a highly competitive one, uh, considering his position. And and yeah, like also it also kind of fits in with the low risk of bringing him alone for like the next year or so to see if he fulfills those like expectations. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I'm pretty much excited to see how everything turns out. And and yeah, before we move into our expectations, we have like one more question from um a case K Chambire or or KC Humbere, however I like to pronounce that. Essentially just asking. Uh Dorsey started at left back and bear at right wing in the first preseason game with Club America. Uh which if the rumors are correct, it's it is accurate. Do you see those two positions as most needs before the transfer deadline? And for me, like the most yeah obviously left back being the priority right now because we need one and Brad Smith is not. <laughs> I don't know right. about you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to answer his question, I don't think the right wing is a must need before transfer deadline anymore because the way Bear's showing his potential, you got baby face, you have bossy, you have Franco. So uh, unless these guys just fell at practice before the season starts and yeah, it's something that we could look at during the summer deadline. Uh, because we still, you know, rumors that we're going to have a, uh, an attacking player in that summer transfer window that they're looking at, and that'll be with the analytics department and, uh, you know, all the scouts trying to figure out what they could do there. But uh, it's left back, yes, for sure. Brad Smith will be there. He'll be ready at some point, and he'll, be, he'll come in and play. Is he going to be the everyday starter? Again, remember, we're going to have 40 games, 34 regular season, then the, the tournaments, so there's a lot of games to be played. So, yes, left back is a major concern right now. We do need to find somebody. We do need to bring somebody in. Uh, you know, let's say we move Dorsey to the left and we still have Brad Smith. That leaves Escobar on the right by himself. So we still don't have depth right there. And there hasn't been any rumors as if any of the old dose players from last season can move into those depth pieces and are showing out pretty well in, uh, at practice right now. So, yeah, man, left left, left side, for sure. We need to go find somebody. Hopefully we can figure out the, the deal with this Dutch guy and get him in here sooner than later so we can get acclimated with the team because, you know, it does take time to get acclimated. Brad Smith is not ready yet. So we're going to need that day one starter, and it may, it may we may have to force Dorsey to play on the left. So, yeah, man, good question. We definitely need to to focus on that that left back right now and get somebody in here ASAP. For sure. And with that, let's go ahead and move on to our expectations for 2023, or at least visualize how the squad's going to look like in its current state. And pretty much right away, you can just tell, like, uh, when it comes to um, the offensive line, and the midfield line were pretty much stacked, ready to go. But one of the things I'm definitely concerned about, and a lot of fans from the previous poll that that just started uh, with uh, a noodle tempo account, uh, was like just fans being concerned about the, the lineup itself, or like just what what to expect to improve um, over time. Now it's just definitely um, the the back line. Essentially, the back line, it's my biggest concern for me, especially when it comes to... Uh, obviously, we already talked about the left back like a thousand times already. Right. And, let me read the, let me read the yeah. poll off real quick, and then I'll let and then we'll oh, allow yeah. you to elaborate. So, as, as you said yesterday, we, we put out a, a poll through the Noodle Time and Dynamical account, and, you know, we asked... We asked the fans going into the Houston Dynamo season at this point, what is your biggest concern? And please elaborate if you choose in the comments. And we put front three, our midfield, 
or the back line. And, uh, thus far, with still five hours to go in the in the uh, the, the poll, uh, we've had 164 votes, and 15% went the front three as a question mark. 11% said our midfield, and that's kind of grown today because that was about 6% when I woke up this morning. But the runaway is the back line at 73.8%. And so obviously everybody is concerned, or the majority, everybody is concerned, and they, they're they on the side with you as, as far as the back line is our biggest concern right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we've, we've already talked about um, um, the left-back position like a handful of times already. But we can just like focus more around like uh, the center backs also being the position that noticeably have have haven't changed much outside of like Tim Parker being let go because essentially the guys you're gonna be um, you're gonna notice that are still here are Teenage Adebi, uh, St- David Steris, uh, Mikhail, one of the guys that has been seeing a lot of time with Dynamo Two last year, and Ethan Bartlow are the guy that has been showing up like. A lot of promise last year coming off his injury that pretty much sidelined him on in his first season as a pro coming off the draft and i feel like they're relying a lot on on the current center backs that we have right now and i, I feel like in those positions as well as the left back position and not having like a lot, a lot of depth there still i feel like it can also like open the door for dynamo 2 to bring in players like during the season depending on how the rotation goes Especially with the uh, League's Cup coming in, maybe they'll be thinking about like changing those players around, or depending on how the, uh, how the players do, like on or how they said like the center back pairing with. I feel like it's gonna be interesting, especially um, they're. I'm assuming they're relying a lot of Teenage Davy and and Saris as the players that have like a lot of prof- professional experience, but I also feel like they're gonna be relying a lot of Mikael and Ethan Bartlow. And that that is assuming that Mikael has a deal in with Dynamo because the last we heard about Mikael uh, coming into Dynamo was that they're still working on a deal, but that was a while back and they haven't announced a deal yet. So it's interesting to see. So that's only assuming that Mikael uh, comes to the first team, and also like there's a lot a lot of upside with Ethan Bartlow because he, Ethan has been showing like a lot of promise now in his first season. Well. Is it's technically second season, but his first full season playing, because like apparently like he's he's grown a lot from what we've seen, and I have a lot a lot of trust in him. But at this point, so we'll see how everything there goes. I even have more trust in Bart though. So obviously the left side we've talked about that's going to be an issue. Adabi's going to be starting, and if Mikel does does technically get onto the first team, which I'm not sure if he's listed on the roster yet or not, but he'll be Hadebi's backup. But my right, my, you know, right side Escobar and Dorsey, but my right center back, man, like if you're asking me right now, who's, who's starting day one, I, I've been preaching and I've been telling people it's going to be Bartlow over stairs day one. Bartlow got enough playing time last season to, to see glimpses of what he could do. You still had Parker and you still had stairs. So they're like, they're not going to, they didn't risk, risk starting him, but now you've had a full preseason to work with the team. He did start the the first preseason game. We technically don't know the, the, the lineup for yesterday's preseason game. The second one against Galaxia, but Barlow, man, he's, he's got a, he's got a higher ceiling. He's been showing off pretty well since he was drafted by the Dynamo. And I can see him getting that day one start to play with, 
uh, Davey, uh, there is a question. Hey, Davey is uh, a liability, and he's a little bit of a crazed man. So Steris, uh, he's a leader. He's a smart, very smart defensive player. He is a little on the up of the age. But I think Steris was re-signed, one, for his leadership, and he's going to lead the defensive back line, but he's going to lead it from – from the bench and from the training facility and stairs will back up Bartlow and give between him and Bartlow. They're going to just take turns playing. And I think Bartlow will be your day one starter and stairs will be that guy that kind of coaches that, that, that back line into being something that's secure and that we can count on back there. Then. So when we're attacking and we get countered on that, our guys can handle the business and not get beat with the mistakes. Like we were getting beat with last year, but I won't be disappointed if Steris does get the day one starting role, but I, I do see Bartlow will be your starter, whether it's day one, day 20, or, or towards the end of the season. Bartlow will overpass Stairs and and we'll just continue to grow this line, and they'll they'll come together once we fill out all the kinks and figure out who's going to do what. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see how that goes, because it's still we still don't know how preseason is going with them and how the players are going to be structured, but we can at least just go through our expectations with them. And there's a lot to prove still with the back line. And we'll see how that, that goes with the leadership with David Stairs and, and how consistent Tinich is because like he, he can definitely be a wild card, but he has his performances though. But we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting how they stand up uh, with like, um, it's, it's essentially just like a new face to the back line, especially with like the fullbacks coming in. And yeah. we'll just see how they stand up. And pretty much that's what worries me since we don't know how it's going to be looking like. But yeah. Right. He doesn't have the experience, but, but he needs it. And I think he's in that, he's in that realm right now that if we just give him that experience that he'll, he will grow quick and he'll become one of those players that just, you know, he's, he's a solid player. He's a smart guy. So give Bartlow the time and the time will be worth it in, in my eyes. But I'm not the coach. I'm For the sure, coach sitting on the couch. Yeah, a coach couch, couch coach, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But yeah, but yeah, and from there we can move to the midfield because there's a lot of promises midfield considering uh, the players that we have now and the young players that we are trying to um, try to adapt into the structure. Obviously, that those being Brooklyn Brains and and Castilla. Yeah, they have like a lot of promise for sure. And they've been seeing their good share of time, not only with the first team, but Castilla with a, a Colombian on the 20 national team and down in CONCACAF, Commonwealth, sorry. And and yeah, this feels like a lot to look forward to, especially the role that HH, Hector Herrera, and Coco Carasquillo will be taking. And essentially how they're going to be structured or how they're going to be switching around with Artur. This feels a lot to look forward to because um, either the midfield is going to look like that or Basi may take a role there, depending on how it's structured. It's, it's pretty much, up, I feel like it's kind of up in the air when it comes to who gets started, but you you kind of have a fair idea on who's going to be, have or I just going to be the starting 11 at, at very soon. 
Yeah, I think they said they're, they're going to try to find ways to put their best 11 players on the field. And that does include Arthur, Aceace, and Coco, Kareski. And that may be where we change the formation a little bit, depending on our opponent, instead of just relying on one formation. And like you said, Bossy might get to play a little central midfield where somebody gets to take a break. But if you were to make me say day one starters right now, it's going to be Hector Herrera, Arthur, and Coco in the midfield. And I think they're going to be kind of a rotating midfield, like on the pitch. Coco will be the one that goes up the highest. But as far as that, you know, they're, they're all defensive. They all like to play defense, not like to play, but they all do play defense well. And they get back and they get in their positions. And they so I think these these three together and as they've been building up Achi Achi this offseason is uh, this is a this is a new guy. And uh, you don't need to look at what he did last season preparing for the World Cup and really not doing nothing for us. Uh, you know, he's, he's come in and he's rejuvenated and. Uh, you know, he's been looking good on the pitch and on the practice field. And, uh, you know, he, he looks happy in the photos. And so, you know, we'll see if we get the Achi Achi of old or is he going to be the injury prone Achi Achi. So, uh, but we're all relying on him. It looks like Achi Achi is going to be the captain to start off the season, possibly. But, you know, I, I'm excited about this midfield. And then, like you said, you got, you got uh, Reigns, Castilla, and August. Augusta, or however you want to say his name, is is the backups. But as far as that, that's that's all the depth. So everybody's excited about seeing Brooklyn Reigns getting some actual real playing time now and seeing what this kid can do. You know, everybody's excited about Castilla, what he's like you said, what he's been doing down in the U twenty World Cup, and he's still down there, so he's going to come in really late to the team. I think their last game is like on the eleventh or twelfth or whatever, and before he can even come back to get acclimated with the team and where Ben Olsen can actually see him for the first time with his own eyes. You know, he's had a scout down there watching him and passing on information, which is good. So we're not going, we're not playing blind with Castilla. So, you know, I think Castillo will come in and he'll get to, he'll get acclimated really quick, you know, and I'm rooting for Columbia to lose. So Castilla doesn't have to go, <laughs> go take off for the U20 world cup during the middle of our season. <laughs> But yeah. that's, the, that's the only reason why I'm rooting for him to lose. I have no other ill will against Columbia. <laughs> so, but that's where I'm at with the midfield, man. And like you said, Bossy will get to play some some role down there too. And uh, we we got some versatile guys that can play in uh, particular positions that will benefit the Dynamo. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, just before we, we move to the front line, I feel like there's going to be like a lot of expectations for uh, Hector Herrera to – come up after like a pretty somewhat disappointing first season with Donimo, or like half season. And and yeah, I'm just like pretty much just looking forward to Brooklyn Reigns and and Juan Casilla to get those minutes because I I think they won't they won't be getting like a lot of minutes unless they're rotating. But I feel like we'll we're gonna see him then more compared to last year. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to those things in particular. That's well, our yeah. open, that's our open can, cut yeah. midfield. Open cut midfield. Augusta, uh, Castilla, and Reigns. <laughs> at least, oh, no, yeah. start, at for, least open cup for together. sure. Yeah. At least open cup and like some League Cup games, depending on how Dynamo approach it. But, well, yeah, it's going to be, it's definitely part of the rotation for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Get some, and before get some we close out, yeah. And before we close out, oh, we can just go ahead and get to the, um, the forward line. We already talked about the left wing a lot, mostly because of Basi and Fraco and Achara. 
So we can just go ahead and just try to focus on the, the striker position or just like the right wingers in general because there's definitely a lot of competition there. Obviously, Sebas Ferreira is going to be your starter, no doubt. And uh, Thor is going to have like a lot of work to to catch up on because uh, Thor definitely showed his, his highlights last year, but um, uh, Sebas is definitely our starter now. And there's no question, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those things for Thor that he's going to come off the bench and relieve Sebastian Fidea. So hopefully we got a nice lead and we can we can afford taking off Sebastian just to give him some rest so he doesn't have to play 90 minutes every game. Because now that we have these guys on the wings, uh, we don't have to put Thor out on the wing just to put him on the pitch. So I, I know he's, the way Thor is liked by the team, and they'll figure out a way to get him out there. Whether they, you know, whether they do take off uh, Baird and put on Thor just to tag him up with Fidea, but I think when it when it's clear that you can sub Fidea or or if we're losing two to nothing and Fidea's not having a good game, you, you put in Thor because he's a different type of striker who could change it up and that could give us sparks. So, you know, a team may be playing Sebastian Fidea to a particular way and it's it's not working. You bring in Thor and then they have to change the way they're defending that striker. And so uh, as far as Fidea and I don't, I don't know who else could play striker. That's going to be it. So, you know, you're going to, we're going to need to rely on Thor to give Fidea some, some, some time to where he could rest and, and stay, you know, in, not injured. You know, like I said, we got all these open cups, the Leeds cups and the regular season. So there's a lot of games to be played and, you know, I'm hoping Thor can get out there and get some time because he's an exciting player. But, you know, Sebastian is the man. And we'll see how it works because, you know, the left side looks like it's pretty much filled up with Bossy and Franco, the right side with Baird and Quinones. So you got Stryker, Fede, and, and Thor. So, you know, we'll see. And we may we may have two teams on the – we may have two lineups right here between the midfielders and the, the – forwards that are going out there so you got your open cup lineup and you got your mls day one starting lineup and then we'll see how they can integrate into the lineup during the season coming off the bench no yeah and in the front line we definitely have like a lot of players to rotate with or just like to play things around in a sense just to see what works in case you have to rotate but yeah i feel like we definitely have like a good understanding on who may be starting on on that line. And one of the lines that I also wanted to um, talk about was definitely uh, the right wing position. I feel like there's definitely like a lot of competition there as well. Obviously, Corey Bear having like a lot of upswing coming off of... Essentially, just being like a combat player at this point, like he's just showing up pretty late last season. But even though not having like pretty consistent form last year, He's he's just been showing up very late, and he's showing his potential already, which definitely helps him coming into the season and just making a case to be a starter. And Nelson Quinones, extremely young, like I said, a lot of, a lot of a lot of, of things to look forward to with him. Just to see how they have like a lot of expectations with Quinones as well. Like even though he's his current deal expires in the middle of the season, so interesting to see if. They get him on board still. And not to mention Beto Avila just having like a like an amazing year with Adam Atul last year and essentially just earning that 
a call up to the first team that he I don't think I don't I don't remember like seeing like a lot of highlights from him with the first team last year but you, you could definitely see that he was getting those minutes especially in the open cup and when it comes to uh, off the bench in league play and I'm I guess like he's just like the only question mark for me to see if he ever gets like consistent minutes compared to like Corey Baird and Quinones and and yeah but it's still like a lot of competition uh, as long as he's part of the grind I feel like he's going to be offering a lot to the table in that position yeah man I agree I think he definitely deserves another chance to get in there and see where he can get some minutes and you know and if, if the depth chart's a little big then put him on dose and let him get the stay in form and get those minutes and uh, I have noticed he's been hanging out with Brooklyn Reigns on the on the pitch a lot so Maybe that's a good sign that he's he's hanging out with one of the one of the first teamers and the coach is able to recognize Beto at the same time. But he's uh he's he's somebody who played well for Dose, but he didn't play well for first team. So he's kind of like at that one and a half spot. So, you know, we'll we'll see how this preseason goes for him. And, you know, nothing's bad been coming out about him as far as preseason camp has been going. So there's a there's a chance he'll be a, a good depth piece as well. And if we need him to, then he's on the bench for the for the first team. For sure. And I guess before we close the episode, we can just definitely give like our expectations for next year and how at least how the team's gonna perform this early. And I know we pretty much don't know how the team's gonna look like on the field and other variables, but we yeah, can definitely I mean, say for sure that that the first team, or at least like Pat Onset and Asher and everyone else, they're pretty much changing, changing things. And like I said earlier, this is a turning point. And there's definitely like a lot of expectations to, to in a sense, get back on the map on on competition in Major League Soccer. And only because the Dynamo have been like extremely subpar for the past uh, three or four years. And... And yet, we're pretty much not a threat uh, on like a lot of people's eyes, and you can just tell for a fact this team just wants to be there, wants to be a consistent force to be reckoned with in a way, because they've been making the signings, they they made these changes in the off season, and they're bringing in the right people to make that happen. You know, like in the, in the staff, and and yeah, it's been it's been a, a lot of work uh, behind the scenes, and I feel like the Dynamo on the right track. As for the record they're gonna be, ha- they're gonna have this year. Hey, we still have I two more like... ep- two more episodes before the season starts, so you might be a little be getting a little bit ahead of yourself. We got four more preseason games. Uh, oh no, yeah. So I mean, we still got we still got two more weeks to to see how our team is doing in camp before we can uh, make a bold prediction right here. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, that's what I was mentioning earlier because like it's still pretty early. We haven't seen like any preseason games or don't know how the lineup's got to be structured like. So there's still like those variables still, but yeah, but we can say for sure that Dynamo are for like the first time in a long time just trying to turn things around. At actual actually turning things around because we've been promised in the past before, but it's it didn't seem like that up until this point, right? And we can say what we what we have heard or what we have seen is from the first preseason game, the Dynamo lost six to one, and there was that first rumors that we it was one to one with the first team. But from watching the highlights that we did get to see from uh, Club America, was it was three to one for 
Club America over the Dynamo because you could still see the starters were in the, the game when those first three goals were given up. And then the second team came on and we gave up three more goals and lost three to three to nothing on that end. As far as the second game, the only thing that really came out, and I, I believe Coco was the one who scored in that first game. Now from the second game that was played yesterday as we're recording this, is against a second second tier Mexican team, but uh, supposedly we beat them two to nothing yesterday with Sebastian Fidea scoring. We did see the video of that, so we can prove that Sebastian scored. And then we heard that Dorsey scored the second goal. Now, of course, we didn't see no video of that, so we can't we can't <clears throat> hold that to be true. But if so, that's you know that's great news because uh, we can't confirm he was playing on the left back either. So if if he was playing the left back and he scored, that that's good news for us because then that means he's uh, acclimating himself pretty well on that one side. So uh, we do have another preseason game, I believe, on Tuesday or Wednesday in Mexico before we come back and uh, head out head out to Florida where we got two games against Montreal and Columbus is the other opponent. And then we come home and play FC Dallas. Uh, they did announce another preseason game that's like three days before the season starts, but that's actually going to be a down a dose preseason game on that Tuesday or Wednesday before the season starts. And we'll, we'll, you should not see any starters play or any of the first teamers playing in that game, to tell you the truth. For sure. And I think they might be making a couple more adjustments to the schedule, but, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so anything else you have to say before we close the episode, Eric? Man, I just, uh, we're technically 20 days away from the season starting. Yeah. So less than three weeks, man. So it's getting close. Everybody's really getting excited. You know, you've got everybody getting getting pumped up and revved up again and ready to go. And uh, we're, we're very close. Now, of course, we have to wait four weeks before we get a home game. And I get to travel to Houston, or you get to travel to Houston as well. So we're going to have to sit back and watch from our couch for the first two road games, and then we're off in week three. So, But the season's this close, man, this close, this close. And hopefully we can find a way to go see the preseason game next weekend against the crappy Austin. That's the data dose, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, Austin 2, it's a thing now. And they're going to be playing a scrimmage against Dynamo 2 here in Austin. So we'll see uh, how we can watch that game because there's like a little hill they have that yeah. they can just like over, overlook the fence they have for the, a training facility. And people can just like watch a, a training there. And I, we assume it's going to be one of those fields, but it remains to be seen how um, how they play. But we know it's at 11 a.m., so we'll we'll see how we can work and, that out. And I'm looking remains, forward to that. And it remains to be seen if we'll be welcome there. <laughs> yeah. I know yesterday from their, their first team had a game, and there was probably a couple hundred people there on that heel. Uh, of course, this will be dose, but uh, you know they're going to be playing Dynamo, so I'm uh, I'm assuming there'll still be a lot of people over there, and they've got their little smoke bombs, and they're drinking and everything. So how welcome are we going to be? I doubt we'll be welcome at all, but you know what? If we can figure out how to go watch this game, we're going to be there for you. And, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just do what we can. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a good long episode, but it was coming because there was a lot to talk about, but but yeah, thank you guys for tuning into this one. And hopefully for the next one, it's going to be way shorter to save you some time, but but yeah, we had to make this one because 
we have a lot to cover. Yeah, man, we didn't even yeah, get into, guys. The, into the coaching staff. So yeah, we got we got some more news coming up, guys. And hey, make sure yeah. you follow us on Twitter at Dynamic Foxtrot and at Noodle Tempio for on Twitter, and then also our Instagram profiles, man. And and like Foxtrot has said, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple. You you know, go to go to Kofi and just check out all the links and just find us, follow us, let us know what you think, and let us know how you feel and. Uh, well, there'll be points in the day where we'll we'll just we'll add and answer your questions on the show and and guys thank you for the questions sorry that we didn't get to answer all y'all's questions but we didn't we did recognize them and we'll see you on the flip side H is up yeah thank you guys stay noodle.